0: Sun-kissed oranges are best for juice and every use. Only the finest California oranges are trademarked sun-kissed.
1: Hedda Hopper's Hollywood. Miss Hopper is just going on the air. Will you listen, please? Hedda Hopper's Hollywood. Miss Hopper is just going on the air now. Please listen. Hedda Hopper's
0: Hollywood. Yes, it's Hedda Hopper's Hollywood. Told you by Hollywood's favorite columnist and brought to you this week and next from New York by the growers of sun-kissed lemons and sun-kissed oranges. And these sun-kissed growers are especially proud of the fine, naturally high-colored California naval oranges now arriving at your dealers. Just notice the finer quality of their juice. You can see the difference, see the deep gold and more inviting color. You can taste the difference, taste the delicious flavor and satisfying richness of the juice. And there's a difference in healthfulness, too. More vitamins and minerals in every glass. At your first opportunity, get several dozen of these new crop navels. For remember, California oranges are not one-purpose oranges. Sun-kissed navels are seedless. Best for juice and every use. Now we present Miss Hopper with Hollywood News and New York News from New York.
2: Thank you, Mr. King, and hello, everybody. I can't tell you how excited I am about this hello coming from New York because this is a town I know and love. And why shouldn't I? I spend most of my life here. Right off the bat, I'd like to tell you that the fans are about the most helpful people here. I went from the plane to luncheon at 21. The fans outside told me about Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz's marriage even before the papers got it. They had been waiting at a nightclub at 4 a.m. when Lucille told them before she eloped to Greenwich, Connecticut. The fans also told me where every Hollywood star was stopping. So I got in touch immediately with Joan Crawford. Joan says she's very upset about that New York manager who claims she owes him $25,000 because she's not doing his play. Well, Jones talked with every theatrical manager in town. I happen to know that at the moment she's considering doing Claudia for John Golden. When I asked her why she stayed here so long, she said because the script of a woman's face, which is her next picture, wasn't right. So she offered, and of course Metro accepted, ten weeks of her time without pay to fix the script. The ten weeks are up and she returns to Hollywood at the end of this week. Joan says after all these years, she'd, she's learned to know New York City not as a Hollywood star, but as a human being. I talked with Jeanette McDonald, who arrived yesterday. I had to turn down her party at the St. Regis, which is going on right now. Tonight, she'll attend the opening of the Metropolitan Opera for the first time in her whole life with her husband and her manager, Charles Wagner. I love the story about Brian Ahern and Maurice Evans, who came out of a hotel and were immediately surrounded by fans, begging for Brian's autograph, which he gave reluctantly. After getting into a taxi, he turned to Evans and said, Oh, this business is such a nuisance, at which the driver turned round and said, uh, If it will make you any happier, buddy, I ain't got no idea who you are. Which reminds me of a story about Condé Nast's party last Friday, which I missed, unfortunately. It seems that life sent over a photographer who didn't know his celebrities. When the Larry Tibbets arrived, he said to Jane Tibbetts, Would you mind stepping aside, please? I'd like to have a photograph of Mr. Tibbetts." Jane replied, Not at all. I'm only his wife, and maybe he's tired of me, too. I'm told that when Wendell Wilkie returns from his vacation, he'll take a post in some Midwestern university. Understand he'll have offers from both Harvard and Yale, but he prefers the Middle West. I just ran into Constance Collier, who was about to do a revival of our betters. But the producer is now visiting Lynn Fontaine and Alfred Lunt, who seem to have adopted the war as their own particular problem. And they don't think our better should be done at this time because it shows a certain class of English people in a very unflattering light. Charlie Chaplin is called the debutante's delight, but the youngsters don't recognize him with his white hair minus that shoe-brush moustache. Miriam Hopkins started rehearsals of a new play, Battles of the Angels, today. When she arrived here, the Pierre Hotel, where she usually stops, was crowded, so the ambassador redecorated an entire floor for her. Ina Claire, whom you haven't seen on the screen since Nanochka, starts rehearsing her new play tomorrow. I promised to tell you something about New York fashions. Well, here we go. I haven't been here long enough to see them all, but what I've looked at are fabulous. New Yorkers will wear anything that looks expensive. Women are spending money like water. Sable coats are almost as common as squirrel. Everyone seems to have a jewel jacket in pastel shades or an antique brocade made up to wear over their evening gowns. I bought me a hat Saturday afternoon from Fredericks that looks exactly like a black Christmas tray. Margaret Tallachet arrives here Wednesday for the Lee Tracy play, Every Man for Himself. Michelle Morgan's first picture will be either Palm Beach Limited with Ronnie Coleman or Before the Fact with Cary Grant. Lucky girl. Dalton Trumbo wants Jack Barrymore to play Andrew Jackson and the picture to be made from his book, The Remarkable Andrew. Years ago, three Hollywood actors every Christmas gave gold pieces to down and outers. Two of them, Lou Cody and Jack Pickford, are dead. The third one, Norman Carey, now in France, stranded and destitute. He appealed to our State Department for funds to come home. The government forward is his appeal to Hollywood. Mary Boland has to remain in the hospital till February. Garbo's next screen partner will be Spencer Tracy. Producer Robert Sherwood, after Legacy, will star Elizabeth Bergner in Rings on Her Fingers. And John Payne, since his hit in Tin Pan Alley, will get the lead in the great American broadcast instead of Tyrone Power. Hollywood studios are climbing all over each other trying to buy leftover props from San Francisco's Treasure Island. Jack Oakey's first Christmas card came from a sing-sing inmate who used to play in Vaudeville with Jack. After the usual greetings, a postcard read, We're allowed to receive up to $2 from the outside. You know, this is the kind of story you hear so seldom that I think it's worth passing on. When Ben Hecht was in Hollywood writing additional scenes for Comrade X for Clark Gable, he ran into director Gregory Ratoff, who literally wept on Ben's shoulder about the script for Ballerina, which will star Loretta Young. Ratoff couldn't do anything with it. And he was so miserable that Ben Hecht said, All right, all right, I'll write you a new one. When Gregory said, Well, you know perfectly well I can't afford your price, which is anything from 7000 to $15,000 a week. That being the case, said Hecht, I'll do it for nothing. Which he did. And it's one of the finest screen stories Ben Hecht has ever turned out. But what he doesn't know is that Ratoff is making the picture on a percentage basis, and he went to his manager and had a contract drawn up, giving Ben Hecht half of all the profits from the picture. Today we dramatize the life story of Dorothy L'Amour, but first, Mr. King has a few words.
0: Well, Miss Hoffer, I just don't know where to begin. Well, what's the trouble? I just had one of those sun-kissed navel oranges you brought along with you from California, and boy, it was good. Maybe I ought to start out by telling how sun-kissed oranges are especially selected to be the pick of the crop, or how out there in California, and Arizona, the year-round sunshine and cool nights... The fertile soils and scientific care have put real extras in those big golden oranges. Extra flavor and extra health. Well,
2: that's a pretty good start.
0: No, that's not telling half enough. All I can say is that you'd better run, don't walk, to your nearest fresh fruit dealer and ask him to give you at least two dozen sun-kissed oranges fast. Remember, they're seedless. Best for juice and every use. And this winter, the finest you have ever enjoyed.
2: Well, if I use slang, I'd say, boy, you said a
0: mouthful. Now, Hedda Hopper brings you the opening episode in the true life story of the Paramount star, Dorothy L'Amour. Dottie L'Amour's story, which we'll
2: dramatize this week and next, is as full of struggle and bad breaks as any Horatio Alger novel. To begin with, Dottie was born in the charity ward of a New Orleans hospital. And it's there that our story begins.
1: (laughs) Oh, Dottie.
2: Oh, you're such a beautiful baby. Already, ready, Mrs.
1: L'Amour.
2: Oh, can't I keep her just a few more minutes, nurse?
1: No, no. <laughs> You'll see her again at two o'clock. Oh, Mrs. Murphy, I'll bring your little Michael in right away. Thank you, nurse. Oh, there, there. Isn't she the most beautiful baby you ever saw, nurse? Of course, Mrs. L'Amour. That is, along with Mrs. Murphy's. I hope my Michael doesn't have his father's decision. Well, got to take her now, Mrs. L'Amour. All right, nurse. Goodbye, darling. There we are. I'll bring Michael in in a little while, Mrs. Murphy. Oh, thank you. Oh, ain't they the darlingest things, Mrs. Lamour? I never dreamed anything so tiny could be so important. Sure, I know. You wanted to grow up to be a fine girl and to be a credit to you. Yes, but it's more than that. I want my little girl to live the way I should have. Why, what do you mean? (laughs) shouldn't bother you with my troubles. Oh, well, sometimes it's good to get things off your chest, Mrs. Lemour. Yes. You see, when I was a girl, I had a chance to be an actress and a singer. Oh? I had talent, too, but my father wouldn't hear of it. Not that we were stuck up or rich or anything. He was just old-fashioned. Oh, what a shame. Then, when I got married, I thought it might be different. Well, was it? No. And so now you're alone? No, not now. Not with the baby. I refused help from everyone. That's why I'm in this charity hospital. But why? Because I don't want anything to stand in the way of my baby. I don't want anyone telling me how to bring up my child.
2: Oh, I see what you mean.
1: But how are you going to live? I've got a job promised. Housework. I'll have the city nursery take care of the baby during the day. I've got everything planned
2: out. We're going to get along fine. My Dorothy and me. You can see that Dotty's mother had a job cut out for herself. But they got along and Dotty was sent to school. Then, during high school, came her first contact with her future career. She and her chum, uh, Dorothy Dell, rushed home after school to talk to Mrs. Lemour. Mother!
1: Oh, gee, she isn't home yet, Dee. Can you wait a while? Sure. I wonder what she'll say. I don't know. That's why I wanted you to come home with me. I thought between the two of us, we could talk her into it. <laughs> you sound like her something awful. Now, what's wrong with entering a beauty contest? Nothing, I guess, but the thought of posing in front of all those judges scares me stiff, Dee. <laughs> oh, fiddlesticks! I know, but, gee, I haven't even a bathing suit. Well, I told you I'd borrow one for you. Where are you going? Just in the kitchen. Oh, Come on. I want to wash these dishes before Mother gets home. Hmm. Here, le- let me help you dry them. You don't have to. Well, I want to. <laughs> Daddy, when I get rich, the first thing I'm going to do is hire someone just to wash the dishes. <laughs> Wouldn't it be wonderful? Yeah. <laughs> Dorothy. Where are you? I'm in the kitchen, Mother. Come on in. I want you to meet someone. You're home early, Dorothy. Mother, this is Dee Dell. Hello. I'm very glad to meet you. Say, shall we ask her now? Um, I think we ought to, Dee. You go uh, ahead. Mrs. Lemoore, would you mind if Dottie entered the New Orleans beauty contest? Beauty contest? Mm -hmm. That's right, Mother. Dee thinks we might have a chance to win a prize. Cash, maybe. Well, are you going to enter, Dean? Well, I already have, and I think Dottie should, too. But what about clothes? Well, all she needs is a bathing suit, and I can borrow one for her. Besides, if we get in the finals, the stores will fit us out with clothes and expenses to Galveston, Texas. That's where the grand finals are. I don't want to do it, Mother, if, if you don't want me to. But I want you to, darling.
2: It'll be fun for you, even if you don't win. And so the Dotties, L'Amour and Dell entered the New Orleans contest. It was late at night before the final judging was completed, and Mrs. L'Amour waited for Dottie to come home. Oh, Dorothy, you're home.
1: Yes, Mother. It's late. Why aren't you in bed? In bed? Oh, don't be silly. Tell me what happened. Oh, it's wonderful, Mother. Simply wonderful. The Dell won. Isn't that marvelous? Why, that's fine. But, but you... I was second, Mother. (laughs) I'm not going anywhere. Now, don't worry, Dorothy. You were in second place. Doesn't that mean anything to you?
2: Oh, I guess so. Of course it does. You just wait. Your time will come. And soon. I'm sure of it. Usually, it doesn't mean anything to win a beauty contest, but in Dottie's case, it was the key to her entire future. How she became Miss New Orleans the next year and went to Chicago in search of a career on the stage makes next Wednesday's interesting episodes. The part of Dorothy Lemoore was played by Jeanette Nolan. Now, John King?
0: Thank you, Miss Hopper. Thanks for telling us about it. That just about sums up the many letters received by Sunkist about fresh lemon juice and soda. It expresses the appreciation of thousands who have found an effective help to daily health in this sparkling alkaline drink. It supplies vitamin C, has a natural regulatory effect for most people, and aids in promoting health. So, if your daily health has been troubling you, here's what to do. Upon arising or retiring, squeeze the juice of a sun-kissed lemon into a tall glass half full of cold or warm water. Into another glass, put half a teaspoonful of ordinary baking soda, bicarbonate. Pour back and forth and drink as the foaming subsides. Or you may find you prefer it without the soda. Just the juice of one lemon in a full glass of water. Try it for ten mornings or evenings. Lemon in water with or without soda. See if you don't benefit when you make it your regular rule. Now, Miss Hopper, have you any last comments?
2: I had a honey, but there isn't time. And so this is your Sunkissed correspondent, Heather Hopper, saying good afternoon to some of you, good evening to more of you, and good luck to all of you.
0: This is your Sunkiss spokesman, John Reed King. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.